against to move into the will of the Lord, the way he would do things, uh, there's, we need to revolt against a number of things. One of them, uh, one of the, this is some things that the Spirit of the Lord was, was downloading, you might say, over the last number of days here in my spirit. We need to revolt against the ordinary. And you might be thinking, well, why would I do that? I, you know, there, there's, my life is, is pretty ordinary, you know? I mean, you know, I, I get up and I, I eat and sleep. I go get my shower, hopefully. You know, I get my shower uh, every day and, and, uh, and I go and have breakfast and, and go to work or whatever I'm supposed to do, go to lunch, go back to work, go pick the kids up, go home, fix dinner. Uh, we, maybe we'll have some time with the kids together, get some homework done, or we can watch a show or two or three, watch TBN or, you know, whatever the case, Kenneth Copeland, or whoever, whatever the case may be, we're watching Believer's Voice of Victory, uh, or we're watching whatever the case may be, and so we'll do that for a little while, and then we're getting tired, and it's time to go, as I tell Maggie, go sheepy, go sheepy, Maggie. My kids used to say that, I want to go sheepy and go to sleep, so that's pretty ordinary, right? That's a kind of an, a normal, ordinary life that we're living. But <coughs> the Lord was sharing that we need to have a revolution against the ordinary according to his definition of ordinary. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. The Apostle Paul, who was one of the, the great geniuses of history, actually, in reality, he really was. There, there, wasn't, there aren't many intellects, many people smarter than Paul. God used Paul to start a holy nation, an entire nation, this new creation nation. He used him to do that. And Paul had written, his body of work has not been surpassed by anyone through history. There are some good writers, a lot of good information they passed on, but no one has surpassed what Paul shared because it was by the Spirit of the Lord that he was able to share those things with us. And the Corinthian church, if you had looked back at the history of the different churches and all of them in the New Testament, Corinth was a major metropolis, a major trading center. A lot of naval people would be in there. There was a lot of things going on. And because there was a lot of things going on, the ordinary course of life, uh, they did ordinary things like they had worship, now, they weren't worshiping Jesus. Hadn't heard of him yet, for the most part. But they had worship. They had their temples that they would go do their so-called worship. And the temples, they got into some really gnarly, nasty stuff in their worship in there. So Corinth was a city that was filled with that kind of stuff. And there was a spiritual influence from that. You know, you remember the word said in Romans? Whatever you yield yourselves to, you become the slave of. And he was talking there, when he was, Paul was writing that, he was referring to the issues of sin, committing sins, and, and yielding to that nature of sin that, that seems to have attached itself to humanity after Adam and Eve pulled their little stunt in the Garden of Eden, bowing that knee to the dark side, you might say. Uh, there, there's that issue of sin. So Corinth was infested with spiritual sin. And a whole lot of sexual sin was involved with that. Their worship, the men, when they would worship in some of their temples, the temples had actual uh, professional prostitute people in there of uh, both sexes, and that was part of their worship. 
was to go in and give an offering and do their thing with the, that stuff, you know. So they had a lot of issues, baggage to deal with that wasn't from heaven. You remember Jesus said to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, a lot of the things in Corinth you would not see in heaven because it was wrong stuff going on that they had. And so he has this church. He goes in and preaches, and you read the book of Acts. He was in there for several years. He set up in the schoolhouse, it says, of a fellow named Tyrannus. And apparently Tyrannus must have gotten saved and come to the Lord. And then his influence, and then Paul's preaching, he shared day after day. He said in another book, in another part of Acts, he said, night and day I shared the word of the Lord with you, and from house to house. Building to building and house to house. He, every chance he got, he, that was his assignment, that was his profession in life, was to share this message and this word. And, and so he got a whole lot of people to open their eyes. The Lord did through him. A lot of people opened their eyes and accepted Jesus. So it was a big, booming church. It was also a crazy church in a lot of ways. He had to write some of uh, the First Corinthians book, excuse me, and Second Corinthians. Second uh, Corinthians, he was correcting the wildfire craziness that was going on. That was a carryover from their pagan worship that they just the things they yielded to there. He had to correct a lot of that, and and he said this to them. You know, he in First Corinthians one and two, he was actually praising them. And tell him, God does this through you, and you're yielded this to God, and the Lord is so pleased with things that you've done with him and for him. But then in, in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1, he says this, I, brothers, could not speak to you as unto spiritual people, but as unto carnal people, even as unto babes in Christ. And the word babes here is not the popular term that people use it on the street in the USA. It meant babies, infants in Christ, okay? And he said, I, I have fed you with milk and not with meat because now you are not able to bear, you didn't have the capacity to bear eating the meat and neither, you're not yet able to eat meat because you're yet carnal because there is among you envying strife Divisions Are you not carnal and walk as men? Another translation of that verse says you're carnal and flesh, flesh influenced and you walk as mere men. Another translation of that says you're, you're flesh induced and flesh influenced and you walk as ordinary men. You realize now what I'm talking about? Revolt against the ordinary. Because the ordinary man, what do they do? They yield themselves to what's called carnal. Oh, I'm from the South, grew up in Texas. One of the favorite dishes among the Latino, among everybody pretty well, something called chili con carne. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had chili con carne? Yeah. Chili, the word chili means the hot peppers, it, it translates. Con is with means with, and then carne means meat, chili with meat. We like to, I enjoy stew, chili stew with hamburger mixed in with it. I enjoy that. I don't know how to season that stuff. 
I cook with my nose and it turns out really good, I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, a little example, uh, our, our former pastors where we were hooked up when I married Dola at Mosaic had gotten diagnosed with the COVID and they weren't feeling too good. So they haven't been pastoring over at their church for a couple of weeks. And we got, Dola got thinking, Whenever we were in our little crises of situations, it was so wonderful. People would show up with meals. Body of Christ and people that Dola knew from Rock House and from church show up with meals, show up with blessings and different things. You know, so wonderful. And we got thinking about that. You know what? They've been giving out all this time. Why don't we? I had made a crock pot with roast beef and carrots and and taters and onions and celery and all, you know, all the, I, I see all your mouths watering already, okay? That was my favorite meal after church on Sunday was roast beef and taters and stuff, you know. So I had made that, and I like to get in there and experiment with my seasonings. Anybody ever try Old Bay seasoning? Really good. Old Bay seasoning and garlic granules and uh, uh, what was the other thing, Lord? Uh, lemon pepper. That's one of my biggies right there, lemon pepper. So I sat there and I put a layer of carrots and stuff in that crock pot and I got my lemon pepper out and my Old Bay seasoning and my garlic and did this and did this a little more and then put another couple layers and did this again. And I'm telling you what, it was a home run. Even though, even though I cooked it, it was a home run. I'm telling you, it was good. <laughs> and and we, it's just Dole and I, we couldn't eat this big old pot by ourselves in one meal. So we had a big old pot in the fridge of all this stuff in it. And then another pot was soup from the liquid. And we think, what? why don't they were a blessing to us? Uh, Gretchen and Dave brought us a couple of meals during our little crisis situations. And they were a blessing. Why don't we uh, give our best? You know, she, she called Gretchen and said, yeah, why don't we do this? We're, we've got all this roast beef. And said, oh, we love that sort of thing. Do you know what? The next day after we took it over there, they call up and say, oh, Oh, that was so good. How did you do that? How did you make it like that? And we said, ancient Chinese secret. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> it was so good. But you see, we learned how to do that. We learned how to flavor stuff. We've got to learn how to flavor our life with heaven. Amen. Spice our life with heaven. But Paul was talking about the chili. The reason I said all that, because I was on chili, right? Chili con carne. I like to do that. And I like to, I tell Dola, let me put the spices in. And I sit there and smell it and put a little, and do that. And it turns out good. The word carne in Spanish means meat. In the Greek language, it was sarkikos. And what it literally was saying, Paul was saying, you know, we understand fleshly, right? That's the word we'll take. We're, we're, you're fleshly. Paul was literally saying to them, you're meatheads. That's the truth. Sarkikos, it means you're a meathead. How many of y'all remember meathead back in the 70s? Okay. <laughs> he was telling the Corinthians, you're a bunch of meatheads. Because why? You think with your flesh. You let your, and so he describes that. You, you understand? He describes that. And understand that I had—I don't have a sheet of, every, of my notes out here because I didn't get to printing this stuff. I was just taking, the, as the thoughts came, taking notes down. And it's on the phone. So I'm sitting here and I'm having to 
for some reason, the letters shrink sometimes. Y'all know what I'm talking about there? They'll shrink on me sometimes. So I've got to expand the letters a little bit and turn it sideways to see a little better. And so Paul described the carnal. He said, you're jealous. There's envying and strife and divisions. Are you not meatheads? And walk as ordinary men, the ordinary. Think about it. Think about the ones around you that, that, that don't claim Christ. They walk as meatheads, don't they? Their flesh generally controls their actions and their life and their thinking. You realize what you think is what you do, right? What you think is what you end up saying. What you say and what you think is what you end up doing. You've got a system going on there. And so Paul is saying, you're walking as ordinary men. You're meatheads. So he describes that we've got biblical proof there are meatheads on this earth, see? <laughs> He's telling the Corinthians here to rebel against being mere men or ordinary men. You know, mere men, that, that's the, maybe that's the, the origin of the word merman. You ever heard of a merman? got mermaids, you're a merman. Maybe that's the opposite, the, uh, the origin of the merman and the origin of the merce. Anybody ever seen a merce? A man purse? Men carrying a purse? That maybe is where the, where the merce came from, the merman. So he's telling the people, don't be mermen. Don't be meatheads. <laughs> I'm going through my notes here. I got off of them. Think about it. Are you, child of God, are you a meathead? He told the Corinthians, you're meatheads. Are you a meathead? Think about that. I try not to be. <laughs> not always successful, but I try not to be. Do you need to revolt? Are you needing to revolt against being a meathead? Huh? Against the meat. Revolt against the meat. <laughs> what does God describe as evidence of being a meathead? Evident, the... The uh, Galatians 5, 19, God says this. Now the works, or the evidence, the works of the flesh, and that's that word meathead. The, word, the evidence of the meathead are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, <coughs> sorcery, enmity. And understand these words you translate from the Koine, uh, we don't typically walk around bowing in front of some statues. There, there are some to do here. But for the most part, we don't do that. We haven't been raised doing that. Our culture doesn't do that. We don't go around bowing down to statues and stuff. But that's something they did. But we have our own version of idolatry. Yeah. We do. Yeah. We do. I, I, I've seen it with my own eyes. You, you go to a rock concert... Go to, go to a rock concert. Don't do it. I'm not encouraging you to go to a rock concert, but I'm saying observe one sometime. And you go. they get up there, and they'll announce, uh, you know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome meatloaf. All you meatheads, let's welcome meatloaf, okay? <laughs> or let's welcome, uh, they had Green Day on the TV last night doing some Super Bowl thing. Green, Green Day. I, I don't know who they are that much or anything. You know, but uh, let's welcome Green Day. And so what happens? Flashing lights and explosions and smoke and all that kind of stuff going on. 
And the people, what I've seen film of this, the people are out there, and the people have their hands in the air. Yeah, they do. And the younger crowd will sit there and do this. Mm-hmm. Y'all seen that? Anybody ever seen that? Yeah. You ever done that? <laughs> they're worshiping. That's re- they're worshiping. So what do they do? They've got idols in front of them. And what do they do? They go over to the merch table. Dola's brother used to be a merch man for uh, Willie Nelson and, and some of the big rock groups and stuff. He drove their truck and carried all the stuff and was at the table selling all the stuff. Go up there and get the merch. And take they get the poster. You know, so, so it looks like some demon-possessed fellow with makeup all over his face sticking his tongue out. Remember them? Like that? Yeah. yeah. So they get the poster out and they hang the poster and then what do they do? They walk by the poster and they have unpleasant thoughts. Oh, that was so wonderful. Yeah, I think that tongue is so cool. <laughs> you know, I think that makeup is so cool. I'm going to make myself up on the way to school. This you know, they do that. So that's worship. That's idolatry. We have our version of idolatry. We Some, of, some fellas, I've known some people that claim to be strong Christians and were elders in the church and they worship money. Ooh, <laughs> that was their idol. They worship money, or they worship their business. So we have idolatry. Uh, we have uh, um, sorcery. The word in sorcery is pharmakia, which is talks about drug abuse. They did that in their worship act. Then they would do drug abuse. They would get drink some potion and had some kind of drug that made them kind of crazy. It took their mind away from them and made them crazy. Sorcery is evidence of meatheadedness. Enmity. Got any enemies, anybody? The devil's my enemy, but you got any human enemies around? Any human enemies that you you enemy to all the time? That's a work of the meathead. Evidence of meatheadedness. Uh, you got divisions, dissensions, envy. We know drunkenness and, and orgies is part of their worship ceremonies that they had in their churches of the, the heathens. And, and things like these. I warned you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Notice the majority of the lists I just read, the evidence of meatheadedness, are rooted in spiritual slash mental issue. Spiritual and mental issues. Look at the list. Impurity. Impurity is something from thinking. Something from thinking. Sensuality is catering to your five physical senses in your thinking. Sorcery, of course, is using chemical stuff to get a reaction and, and, and lose your mind, so to speak. Intense strife, we know what that is. It's, called, it's a mental thing that you voice out. And some people get, use their physical body in their enmity and strife. Jealousy, we all know what that is, jealousy. Ladies, jealous of that dress that Tanya's wearing or, or you know, or Dola or whoever's wearing, they're jealous of the dress. Hey, that's meathead. That's evidence of meatheadedness. Uh, and we know the drunkenness and all that. We know all that. The list, mostly things to do with mental and spiritual issues. So notice that. Notice he referred to this as being mere or ordinary among people. 
You know, I've been out of that circle of life for so long, that particular, and maybe many of you have. I, I, first of all, someone was here at the church yesterday. Uh, they were talking, and they, they said, well, Gary, have you ever done all the drinking and all that kind of stuff? And I said, look, my mama watched over me carefully and instructed me and stuff, and, and I've never been, I've never drank. At five years old, uh, my police chief daddy, who I've shared with, who disappeared out of my life, I was at the police station, and I said, Daddy, little kid, you know, Daddy, I want a Coke. And one of the deputies hands me a Coors. I didn't know how to read. Hands me a Coors, which is nasty beer. Hands it to me, and they're standing back kind of watching like this. And I grabbed that, and I didn't know what it was. I grabbed it, did this, and went... Just spit it all over the place like a volcano. That cured me of alcohol. So I never wanted to mess with that sort of thing. I didn't mess with the, the typical teenage vices that kids get in smoking. And, you know, I took a, uh, they're passing a cigarette around one time in the hot rod we were driving around in. And I took one puff and almost threw up and was coughing my guts out and got sick. And that cured me of that. And I never messed around with the other stuff. So I never went through any of that. But other people know what that's like. They understand the attraction, the chemical, physical attraction. They understand that. So it, it's, it's easy to fall into meatheadedness. But what we've got to do is realize God says to revolt against that. To not live that way. It says it in Ephesians 4, put on the new man which is created after God's image. Put on the new man. Leave the old man in the dust. You know, I told, was telling Betty, uh, and we were praying in there, and, and I answered something, a couple things with a song. She says, you do that all the time, don't you? I said, well, I can't help it. I think with songs. Something comes up, and I've got a song about it. I, I think that's what my thinking goes. So we, we've got to get our thinking renewed, get out of the beheadedness, and move into the pneumaticas, which means the man of the Spirit of God, the man of the Spirit, the person of the Spirit. You, you got to know this. We uh, Meatheadedness means being against the will of God. The flesh is against the will of God. If a person truly cares for another person, they would never define a problem and then diagnose that problem in the life of that person without also providing a solution to that problem. You understand what I just said? If you truly care about someone, you wouldn't just come up and say, uh, you know, you wouldn't come up there and say, you're fat and ugly and walk away. <laughs> you truly care. First of all, you wouldn't say it that way. But you would go in there and try to help solve the issue if, if they want to solve it. You know, here, let me help you. Let me show you how so-and-so showed me how to put the makeup and how to cut my hair. Let me show you how so-and-so said to, to uh, do these exercises and all that so I can trim myself up and, and be a little more attractive appearing. Let, let, let me show you this. If you truly care about someone, that's what you'd be doing, right? You'd be helping them. You'd be wanting to help them. Well, Paul, he described these people as non-ordinary and said, that's who you are. You're carnal. You're meatheads. But he issued some counsel, some things to deal with that. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. First of all, 
He told the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, you remember 5, 17 through 31. He said to them, if any, anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. Remember, creation means a new spiritual species. Something that never existed before. You're this brand new person, brand new being, brand new entity, as they say on Star Trek. A brand new entity. A spiritual person from heaven didn't exist before. That's who you are. And so, and then he went on to say, God did this for you in Jesus Christ. He made him to be sin offering for us that we could be made and declared the righteousness of God. That's that new creation is the righteousness of God. We're going to be sharing about that. Some of you need to know what that means and how that applies in your personal life, in your spiritual life, what that means, how that means you should act. You missed a good chance to say amen right there. You know that? <laughs> missed a great chance to say amen. But Romans 8, starting in verse 1, I, I've heard this in, in some of the theology classes I've taken. Stuff. This They consider this to be the Mount Everest of the Bible, the highest point of the Bible. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, uh, uh, those who walk not according to the flesh, but by the Holy Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. You understand the law, the system of sin and death means meat-headedness, it means carnality. Paul said the works of the flesh. He said you're carnal, you're, you're fleshly. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets you free from that. Not to say you never experience any desires along those lines. Not to say, you know, gentlemen, not to say there have been times that someone was in your face or, or doing something wrong or whatever and you wanted to lay your hands suddenly and forcefully upon them right then, right? All the gentlemen said, Amen! <laughs> so, you understand that law sets you free from that law of the flesh and sin and death, okay? For God has, not, has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. The law was the rules and regulations, the letter. The Bible says the letter kills, but the what? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives life, energizes, brings you up. Amen? So, uh, what, what God, God has done, what the law weakened by the flesh could not do, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and by a sacrifice for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh once and for all time in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who don't walk after our flesh, but according to the Holy Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now understand about the mind. Here is a little testimony from my own life. I was, 
you've heard me talk about at 14, I came to the altar at Kennedy First Assembly of God. And, and don't remember exactly what the Messianic Jewish preacher preached, except that I needed Yeshua, the Messiah, Mashiach, to, to take over my life to me to receive him. So I went up and, and, and went through with that action of receiving Jesus. But I, there, there was no one to share with me. What do you do? I was, as Paul talked to the Corinthians, I was a babe in Christ. A baby. I needed to grow. Someone needed to change my diapers. <laughs> Someone needed to give me the binky and let me drink it. And grow up, you see. And that wasn't happening. So, you know what happened was, I rode the Holy Coasters. Anybody ever rode the Holy Coaster? You're up, 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 up. You have revival at the church and you get in there to the altar and cry through and you're up, up, up. Woo, woo, tiptoe through the tulips. Woo, you know, all excited about the Lord. And then you get some emotions hitting you and what happens? You're back going back down into the gutter again. Back down. And then in and out and up and down. And I was that way for four years until I finally, uh, as I shared earlier, I, I saw a fellow saying, Preaching, you can have what you say. You only know who I'm talking about. Dr. Kenneth E. Hagen. I thought, man, that is the funniest sounding dude I ever heard. He was on TVN in Phoenix, Arizona. On TVN. I'm walking by the TV and heard that, and I stopped that. Man, that's the funniest sounding dude I ever heard. What's he saying? Started listening, and he shared about Jesus. Romans 10, 9, and 10. Confess Jesus. Believe on him. Be saved. I went to my bedroom. <coughs> My 18th birthday went down and said, uh, Father God, I've messed up. I've been going up and down. I haven't been living for you. I've let cuss words out of my mouth, Lord. And I, 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 I don't want to do that anymore. I'm sorry. I'm going to turn away from that. But here's what I'm going to do. What that funny sounding preacher up there said from the Bible. I'm going to confess you, Jesus, is my Lord. And I'm, I believe that God raised you from the dead and redeemed me and brought me back to your house. I'm going to do that right now. And I did it with my mouth. And I looked up at him and I said, if I go to hell now, it's your fault. You ever talk to God that way? He didn't strike. He didn't send a lightning bolt. He accepted me. Hallelujah. Came back to Father's house. Hadn't been perfect, but came back to Father's house and started going upward to the heavenly house. Instead of doing this, Started going upward. Hadn't been perfect. There had been bumpies and stuff. They hadn't been perfect. But did that from then till now. That was, what would that have been? 41, 42 years ago. Here I is. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Hallelujah. Coming to Jesus, what had to happen? I had to lay aside the meathead. The meathead still tries, I'm telling you, the meathead still tries to rise. Any of you that have been in holy matrimony, the institution of holy matrimony, you understand that principle, don't you? The old man, the old flesh tries to rise. You and that darling thing, <laughs> your darling thing, you get to speaking words to each other, and what happens? That, that old man will try to come out of the coffin on you, right? You want to lay hands on it, right? <laughs> Amen. So what happened? We got to put it in. We lay aside the old man. It says put off the old man and put on the new man in Christ. So what do we do? We get the mind of the spirit. 
For those who live according to the, to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. What happened was, I would be going down the road, I was griping at the Lord. Lord, why do I have such a hard time staying focused on spiritual things? Why do I, every few weeks, I've got to go up to the altar and cry through to get back into your house? Why does it seem that way for me? And the Lord says, I was in college at the time, first semester, and we had a class on computer programming. Uh, this would be way past or beyond probably your, your original birthdays, guys. It was on, uh, what was it on? It was on DOS. Learning to program. Now that's ancient antique computer stuff right there. That's the 1970s when they invented this stuff. It was before Windows even. And so DOS, and <laughs> the, the thing I remember, I dropped out of the classic law because I was so distracted and bored by everything in there. But there was one thing that stuck out. He said, the principle we have to remember is G-I-G-O. You ever heard that? Gigo? You guys, I'm sure you've heard it. G-I-G-O. Garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out. And so I'm sitting there saying, well, what does that mean to me? Why, what difference does that make to me? That's a computer course, Lord. He said, no, no, turn your radio up. Oh, everybody got real quiet all of a sudden. Turn your radio up, son. So I turned my radio up. And it was on, in Phoenix, K-U-P-D, which was pop, soft, some heavy rock and roll. Guess what they're singing about? They're singing about how you broke up with me, how you walked out on me. They're, they're, they're singing about how you cheated on me. How you made me so mad, all this kind of stuff. And the Lord said, listen to the words. And I'm listening to those words and I thought, huh, huh. The Lord says, that's the garbage. He said, son, you're planting garbage inside you. And he said, guess what comes out? Garbage coming out. You're constantly have to repent and, and, and cast the garbage off you to stay hooked up to me, aren't you, son? I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He said, now, what I want you to do is turn the other dial on your radio. So I'm turning turn the other dial. So if the young people were in here, they wouldn't know what I was talking about, right? <laughs> Don't have dials on radios now. They push the button or tell them. But I was turning the other dial, and I'm going through all different stations. He wouldn't say stop, so I kept turning. Finally, there was one the man said, and the word of the Lord says this in, this, in Amos this. He says, stop! So I stopped, and this fellow, he was sharing the word of God. And so I listened to that for a little while, and the Lord said, guess what? He said, that's not garbage. And after a little bit, some Christian music came on there. He said, keep listening. He said, that's not garbage, is it? Well, I guess not, Lord. That's actually good stuff to put in me, right? He said, well, yeah. He said, I want you to leave that on that station. And he said, I want you to, how many of y'all remember cassettes? <laughs> My mama had just started ordering cassettes off TV in from Brother Hagen, different people like that. And he said, I want you to get a cassette player. They didn't have them for the car, that little that model car. But get your little cassette player and plug it into your, your, your lighter and run your cassette player. And I want you to get your mama's uh, Hagen cassettes and different things in there. And he said, you're going down the road. You're going to be listening to that from now on. You're going to have your radio station on that Christian music and that word of God. He said, that's what you're going to do. No more garbage in, no more garbage out. That, that's a little mini testimony. No extra charge for that one, okay? 
That was good. That helped me in the issue of meat-headedness and carnality and the up and down roller coastering that I ended up doing. Why? Because what was I doing? I was getting my mind off of the flesh. You're cheating hard. That wasn't what they played on the rock station, but you know, stuff like that. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. That was air supply. That was big back then. <laughs> that kind of stuff wasn't going in. And what was happening? The good stuff was going. The word of the Lord says this. How great is our God. That wasn't back then. Chris Tomlin hadn't done that back then. But songs like that. What a beautiful name it is. That was the stuff being planted in. And what happened? Things changed. I didn't have the struggle. I wasn't sitting here looking over my shoulder. Am I going to, is something going to hit me and I'm going to go down there because I'm out of fellowship with the Lord? No. Why? Because I was minding the things of the Holy Spirit coming into my heart and my mind and my soul. Amen. So that's what he says. The minding of the flesh brings death, but living by the Spirit brings life and peace. For in the mind of the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't commit to God's law. It cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. If in fact you mind the things of the Spirit of God. I'm going to close with that because I'm, I went past my gong bell back there. <laughs> I'm going to close. But that was a good word right there. And we're going to continue revolting against the flesh, against the meathead, against the ordinary next Sunday. Amen? Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Father God. Bless your name, Father God, for your word that never returns void. It always accomplishes your will. Let that go forth over the airwaves. Let that go forth into the hearts of those who were face-to-face here, Father God. Let the family be built up. Let the family lay aside the meatheadedness, the flesh, and step into the, the, the pneumaticas, the things of the Spirit. Change their minds, Father God, toward the things of the Spirit, and let them be blessed as a result of it. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom from heaven. Uh, the, the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Be blessed, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and have dominion over it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God.